Hosanna, a fellowship of Christians. Uh, good morning. start out by singing a song called Egypt, and um, it's an ancient story, but you know what? This song represents all of us, because every single one of us was a slave in Egypt until God stepped into our existence by sending us a deliverer named Jesus, and we are dwelling in the freedom of the promised land right now. So, sing along with us.
else I like about that story of God delivering his people from bondage from Egypt. It reveals God's heart. His heart for the oppressed, his heart for the disenfranchised, his heart for those who are living in fear, bondage and pain, those who don't know that there's something more and different for them. Matthew 6, verse 21 says, for your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. Your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. God's heart is revealed in that story. And throughout scripture, he pursues us. We are his treasure. He leaves the 99 to find the one. Let's take a minute and examine our own hearts and um, consider where our treasure is. Let's ask you a couple of questions to reflect upon. What do you love the most at this moment? What gets your time and your attention? What do you worry about? What do you care about? What do you think about? We want to focus on our hearts right now for the next few minutes. Allow God to search it. May we open it up before him. Invite him to be seated on the throne of our hearts and be king. Be physician, counselor. To be Lord. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's pray it out loud as we read. Let's begin. Gracious God, so often we turn our hearts away from you, perhaps not willingly, but more by chance. We fill our hearts with concerns and keep them close to ourselves. We are sorry for the times we have not turned our hearts towards you to let you search us. We are sorry for the times we have turned our hearts away from you because we fear your judgment or because we are selfish with the things of our hearts and worry about what you will do if we share with you. We are sorry and we repent because we know that you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Thank you for forgiving us, Father God, because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross making a way for us to come to you. Now, we turn our hearts to you. Lord, search our hearts. We lay them before you. Carry our burdens, share our joys, and show us where we are not walking your way. We turn our hearts to you. 
In Jesus' name, amen.
eyes to meet you, God. May your name be on our lips. May you be seated on the throne from the very moment that we awake. May our day be filled with hallelujahs. The God who then delivered us from bondage from Egypt came into our existence, became one of us.
We sing a lot of songs about God being good, don't we? But uh, I don't think we can say it enough, really. Because he is? He is. Kelly. Not Kelly, sorry. Jared. Jared. Kelly was last week. Kelly's our children's director. This is our youth pastor. All right, good morning. I'm Kelly. No. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm Jared, and I'm the youth pastor here at Hosanna, if you haven't met me before, uh, and I'm going to do the announcements. So, um, first, well, first up is going to be the offering, and then I'm going to do the announcements, because every time I'm doing this, I forget to do the offering. Oh, thank you. Uh, so we're going to do that first. So make sure we get that ready, and then uh, we're, we're going to pray, and then we'll go right into the announcements. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just being you and being with us through all the things <laughs> and letting your love never give up and never fail on us has been a thing for me personally in the last couple of years. So um, I, I'm very grateful to you for that. And uh, as we think, as I think about the offering, um, I was thinking while I was sitting there that, you know, we don't. Father, we don't give to you out of obligation. We give to you out of gratitude. We gratitude for all the things that you've done for us and that you've gotten us here. And, um, and we also give in the hope that we can support that in the future for our kids and for this place and for all the things that you want to do. So, Father, give us a heart of gratitude and a heart of hope as we give our offering to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, announcement time. Uh, first one is an adult class on spiritual abuse begins today and meets in the fellowship hall, which is over there, uh, from 11.15 to 12.15. You can sign up for the class on Hosanna's website. And for our online friends, the Zoom information can be found where you sign up for the class. So make sure you check that out if you're interested. Or if you didn't sign up. If you didn't sign up, you're still welcome to come. So, it's, <laughs> so there you can do that. But if, I guess you would need to figure out the information if you're on Zoom. So if you do want to attend online, make sure you check that out. And if you're here, just mosey on over there. So, <laughs> uh, and then on next week, August 15th, during the service, we will be praying for all students, faculty, and anyone who works in our schools and colleges as we return to school. We're going we're gonna to do a blessing for that. So be prepared for that. And then uh, I have some youth group updates. Um, we, last weekend, we went on a camping trip, which was a lot of fun. Um, occasionally we do camping trips, occasionally we do mission trips. This year in particular, I really wanted to go on a mission trip uh, and, and do some service work. But as you can imagine, it was kind of difficult. <laughs> so, so we ended up saying, hey, we want to do something with the, with the youth. So I said, hey, let's just, let's just do a camping trip. We'll do something fun and make it about coming back together and just having fellowship. And that's exactly what we did. It was a lot of fun. It was really great. Um, and when I was, it's been probably 15 years since I've done a camping trip with junior high because I did a camping trip with junior high. So, 
<laughs> so uh, it's been a while, but as I was creating this event, I was like, you know what? It's been a crazy time. Let's just get everybody back together. So I added the junior high in, and I was not disappointed. It was great. Um, I was a little nervous because my daughter is now in junior high. Which, oh. <laughs> that was weird. So this is her first uh, youth trip, and me being the youth pastor slash dad combo is a little weird. But uh, it was good, and we had... Uh, so we had five youth and we had four adults uh, that were along and we had a great time. We went, uh, we went zip lining. We, we did a high ropes course where it was almost a disaster, but thank, thank God. We almost lost Matthias because when we, were, when we were up on that high ropes course, this giant tree branch just fell like two feet next to us. And everybody was just like. And then, uh, of course, one of our adults, Ross, was like, that wasn't on the tutorial. So <laughs> everyone laughed. It was a lot of fun. Were safer than the the, it was safe, yeah. <laughs> it, it was almost not safe. But <laughs> so, no, it was great. Everything was awesome. Uh, we had a great time. A lot of fears were challenged and conquered this weekend by our youth, which I always love to see. Um, you know, they always get really nervous and they don't know how to do it, but then it's like they do it and then there's this there's this huge thing that happens at the campfire after we do all those kind of things where we talk about, well, if you can go across the ropes course or if you can go down the zip line, you can do anything. So so it, it was really good. It was just a really great time of fellowship and having the youth be back together and reconnect and meet all of the new people that they haven't seen for a while. Uh, for, for them, it's a, it's, it's a big chunk of their life that they kind of we're out of contact with each other. So um, it's good to see everybody getting back together. And I really appreciate the volunteers, Don, Helen, and Ross, for, uh, for helping me out um, and, and just hanging out and having a great time and being great examples to our youth. So uh, it, it was awesome. It was a really good trip. And um, we're going to have more planned in the future, uh, uh, coming in the fall. And that segues into, uh, I actually want to let everybody know that this year there's a little bit of, yes, they are invited to their classrooms as soon as I'm done. So, uh, so uh, but coming up this fall, there's a little bit of changes happening with the, uh, the junior high ministry. It, it has been seventh and eighth grade for quite some time, and we had made that change. Um, we call it Hosanna Change Fellowship, so we're always changing things. Uh, but a couple years back, me and Kelly were talking about how it seemed to work for the group that was coming through the children's ministry, that they were a cohesive unit and they wanted to stay together a little bit longer. So we had sixth grade in the uh, children's ministry. Um, and now it's kind of like that group's kind of getting ready to go into junior high. So we're going to, it's kind of like a flux year, that, that sixth grade. Um, so this fall, we're going to be basically making it official that junior high can be sixth through seventh grade. But that doesn't mean that they're done with children's ministry. They can kind of go back and forth wherever they feel that they're they're called to be, really. We listen to God on that one. So that's a, that's a huge thing that's going to be happening. Um, and this coming Wednesday, August 11th, is going to be the first youth group. That's Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, for the new, the new group. So if you're going into sixth grade or if you know someone that's going into sixth grade or they're in seventh or they're in eighth, uh, then they are welcome to join us on Wednesday from 6 to 8 down in the youth room uh, for the youth group. It's our main event. It's where all the formation and all the spiritual stuff happens. It's the big deal. Uh, so that's for junior high is on Wednesdays. And then Sunday mornings uh, from 10.15 to 12.15, which I'm about to go do, is when senior high happens. Um, and then moving forward in the future, we do have plans to have junior high classes on Sundays as well. 
Um, and we're still in the bit of the planning process on that, so I don't want to really make any announcements on that. But it is coming. It's something to look forward to. Um, so yeah, there you go. A little update on the youth group and what's happening this fall. And uh, I hope if you know any junior hires uh, or senior hires, you'll get them involved in ministry. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jared. Awesome report. We heard last week from VBA, and that was an awesome report, and uh, some really good stuff mm -hmm. going on in our kids' ministries. And one more quick thing about the class. If anybody online is saying, hey, boy, that sounds like class, and I forgot to sign up, the easiest way to sign up to be in class at 11.15 online is just email me, like, right now. And I'll check when, when the... When the uh, uh, what's this called? The service is over, and uh, we'll take care of that. So, anyway, can I get a witness? Sure. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. You got some responses. You familiar with that phrase? We don't do it as often in uh, in our kind of churches, but in the black church, that's kind of a common phrase. In fact, Marvin Gaye turned it into a pretty cool song back in the sixties. Anybody remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> Never ever, uh, Joanne. Well, you were singer. born in the '60s. I was I born about the time that the song was done. So. <laughs> anyway, in the black church, if you yell, so, you know, can I get a witness? Uh, the response is going to be an amen or a hallelujah, or perhaps even somebody getting up and telling a story or singing a song. It's some way of saying, "Yes, I know it's true what I've just heard. I've lived it. I've experienced it for myself." And then often the next invitation from the pulpit would be to say, okay, now be that witness out in the world, outside of the church walls. Be a witness to the world of what you've experienced of God in Christ. Now, what does this have to do with us? Our theme for this year here at Hosanna has been living resurrection. And we noticed not too long after Easter, maybe at Easter, that those who saw the risen Christ were witnesses to his resurrection. They saw him and they had something to tell. They couldn't help but tell. They saw, saw a dead person come back to life. And the first of those witnesses, the first apostle in the scripture is Mary Magdalene, who saw Jesus there at the tomb, was told by Jesus himself, go and tell the other disciples, let them know that I'm alive. And so she did, and soon they themselves had that same experience. They too encountered the risen Christ. Jesus showed up for them. They saw with their own eyes, and they believed. And they, of course, were witnesses not just to his resurrection, but also to his life and his ministry. They could tell the whole story, and they did. Four of them wrote it down. Mm -hmm. They had been there when he did the miracles. They heard the teaching live. They experienced a growing realization that the kingdom of God really was among them and for them, that as we've been singing this morning, God is good. Yeah, and even some of them, it, it took a while for them to be, be convinced that Jesus, this really was Jesus, and he really was alive from the dead. Thomas, he's famous for his willingness to wait, right? To wait for his own, own personal encounter with the risen Christ. The, that the, he, he, I'm sure he knew the other ones weren't lying when he heard their stories, but he wanted to witness it himself. And even before the resurrection, right, there were others who had met Jesus and became witnesses almost immediately be, before there were that anyone knew he was going to rise from the dead. Like the woman who, after a conversation with Jesus at a well outside the town of Samaria, left her water jug behind and ran 
excitedly to tell her neighbors where they could find living water. And there was Bartimaeus, who immediately, after Jesus made his blind eyes see, showed that his spiritual eyes had also been healed by jumping to his feet and leaving his old life behind with his beggar's cloak on the side of the road, and then beginning his new life of following Jesus right there and then. And there was also a Roman centurion stationed at the cross, who in the space of just a few hours of witnessing Jesus' love in the midst of his suffering, that Roman centurion, he testified for all who were there to hear. He testified his belief, his certainty, that he was indeed standing in the presence of the Son of God. Now, those are just a few examples. There are more, you know, from the scriptures. And then what about the millions upon millions of witnesses in the centuries since, people who were convinced from their own experience that Jesus is Lord, and who received Jesus as their own Savior, and his res resurrected life as their own new life, and then chose God's kingdom as their own true home, right here on earth, right? Each of them, through centuries of history, testified publicly through their own baptisms that they were loved by God and they were choosing to love him in return. And many of them received anything but love from others in response to those testimonies. So many experienced rejection, imprisonment, abuse, even horrible deaths. But even in their suffering, they, like Jesus, were witnessing to the power of the one God, the living God, whose love has overcome and undone death itself. And there have been many more witnesses, of course, who were not killed for their faith. But they lived lives of faith, witnessing gratefully day after day to the goodness and the grace of sharing a restored love relationship with Jesus and the Trinity and the one true God. I think that's what we do when we gather here to celebrate. We're some of those witnesses. They and we witness to the wonder of how our lives have been transformed and how God truly did and does work all things, all things, right? We say that a lot here. I don't want it to become too familiar. God does work all things together for good in their lives and in our lives. Through them, through our lives as well, we get to watch God work through us in others' lives. Yeah. It just occurred to me that maybe this is one of the themes of Hosanna that we don't normally, um, that, that just kind of permeates things, but we don't talk about as much sometimes. We have a little bit of a historical consciousness here. We're just aware of the fact that, that we are not the first generation to practice our faith, that there are those who have come before us and they've taught us something. And the book of Hebrews describes these people as the great cloud of witnesses. Almost like they, they're the ones in the stands cheering us on when it's our turn in the arena, when we're the, in our little lives. Like, what the song say this morning? We're like shooting stars. Yeah. You know, we, we don't get to live very long in this world compared to eternity. 
But while we're here, there are those who came before us that in one sense or another, and I don't think it's literal, but there's this, this sense in which they're cheering us on and encouraging us, and their stories kind of show us the way forward mm -hmm. as we follow Jesus, who is the pioneer, who is the one who is ahead of us. So. Yeah. And they do that because we too are witnesses. That's where we're going with. We have the biblical witnesses. We have the historical witnesses between the time of the Bible and ourselves. But now it's our turn. Yeah. It's our turn. It's our, it's our generation. We are witnesses not only with our words. That's the way that, that phrase, witness, has been sometimes defined a little too narrowly. And then it scares people. Hey, you got a witness for Christ. Oh, I don't know what to say. Well, there, there are things that can be said. But more importantly, we've been talking about how we live our lives, particularly in a time like this, when the world has needed to see Christians not just talk about things, but to live in a way that is countercultural and attractive and wonderful yeah. and looks like Jesus. Yeah. We've met the risen Christ. We've been transformed. Most of us, at least, you have your own story. You know if that's true for you. And that's why it's part, okay, where are we going? We have this, this, this theme this year, Living Resurrection. For the past three months, we've been exploring what it means to be a living witness in our own time. Someone who has not only experienced something, but also has something to say and show about it. So Joanne and I that brought you a series of messages on that topic in May and June. In July, recent weeks, we've handed over to others who have witnessed to you Yep. of their faith and encourage the rest of us mm -hmm. with their own witness. Last week, I got to do that myself, yep. to witness about the goodness that God invited me into my time in Spain and France when I was away on my vacation walking over mountains. But you know what's interesting? While I was there, I, I didn't tell this part of it last week. I got to be a witness too. Just in natural course of conversation, I got to tell people about my faith in Christ and why I was there and what it means to me spiritually. And as soon as they find out you're a minister, by the way, out in the Camino, you become the Camino priest. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Catholic countries, that's the way they think of it. So I, 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 both times I've been there, I've been the Camino priest. <laughs> um, Father Tony, I got a question for you. <laughs> so you get to have all these good kind of conversations. So anyway... Um, that topic last week, what God was, what I was witnessing to, the goodness that God showed me while I was there was resting well. Mm -hmm. I heard Jesus saying to me on the way there the whole time I was there on the way back. And in the week since, rest, Tony, rest. And I unpacked a little bit last week the multiple meanings of that word. It's not just not working. Yes. Uh, there's a soul rest that is available for those of us who are in Christ. And along the way, Joanne, myself, or others have talked about all of these things, too. we got quite a list here. Listening well. We said the world gets tired of us talking sometimes. I get tired but, of us talking sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but many people are desperate for someone to listen to them. We talked about laughing well. Oh, my goodness, everything is so serious and somber. And, we're, you, know, and you, you say something wrong and you get punched. The world is weary of grieving and yearns to see us laugh. And to laugh with us, yeah. if we can remember how to do that ourselves. We talked about playing well. The world, have, you know, think about this. The world out there has seldom seen the people of God at play. Yeah. If they think about play, they don't think about faith. 
They don't think about church. So sometimes we play in here. We have the beach balls. We have the, you know, we do things every once in a while just to remind ourselves. We did that Sunday, I think, didn't we? we what did we do? We threw paper airplanes. We did just to remind ourselves play. that play is one of the things that God has given us and it's something we have to offer the world as well. We don't always have to be the, uh, the, the somber, serious ones. We talked about waiting well. It's an impatient world. I'm an impatient person. You know, we get to show the world what gentle waiting looks like, how to wait out times when you can't control things. And you just have to hold on. We talked about hoping well, which is related to that. The world is anxious and cynical, but we have true hope to live out in front of Christ. And I think I got a little passion on that one because I'm tired of Christians being the pessimists. We are the people of hope. We, we've read the end of the book. We know how the story turns out. And we know that God is good. We've been singing it all morning, right? Mm -hmm. Talked about creating well. Introducing new ideas, new things, new artistry into the world. The world needs fresh perspectives. And we serve a creative God. We get to be creative with God. Rather than rigid in the box kind of people. We talked about praying well. The world needs the healing touch of God. And we talk with him. What a gift we have to offer the world. By the way, I, I, don't, I don't remember what all we said in that particular message, but this is something that one of the best ways to be a witness is when somebody, you do listen to somebody and they tell you what they're struggling with, it's to say, hey, can, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you about that? Mm-hmm. Hardly anybody says no. I had somebody tell me no once uh, a couple months ago, but rarely does anybody ever tell me no. Yeah. And they really appreciate this one way to witness to your love and say, hey, you know, I care about you enough to talk to God about you. Um, Suffering well was another topic. That was in July. The world has much suffering and needs to see people who know how to suffer with grace and with meaning mm-hmm. and do so in a way that gives glory to God and, uh, and, and transform them. Living well was an, another one of our guest messages. The world is full of so much wonder and joy. And we get to live well. We get to enjoy life. Ev brought that one. Um, Jane brought the, the one on suffering, suffering well. And, and the book ended in, in July with was, was two messages. Um, Rick did one and the elders did one wrapped up in the freedom of Christ. Yeah. To do all of this, we are set free and we can live this way. Okay, that's a long review, but we wanted to just kind of, man, we've covered a lot of territory in the last three months. Yes. And it's all loosely or sometimes very directly tied to this theme of how do we witness in this world with our lives in a way that makes a difference to them. Right. And over the three months, many of you have witnessed to us that, that you experienced God encouraging and inviting and even challenging you through this series. <clears throat> um, you know, some of you shared God stories with us, and we love that, and even some deep desires to step out that you have, some deep desires to step out in new ways as witnesses yourselves. I had several conversations, and um, towards the end of June, I had a conversation with long time, one of our longtime members here. Oh my gosh, who got it? I mean, this person's probably been here for 25 years and gets it, but got it. I just sat and listened for an hour and a half as this dear brother went on and on about, oh, I know I've heard it before, I, I knew it in my head, but now I know he's alive, he's alive in me. It was amazing. I encouraged him to write up a testimony and like share it with you all. 
But with that in mind, yeah, we get to hear often. You don't always get to hear. When Tony and I teach, or even when we teach alone, um, we usually reserve the last class as a time when our students kind of do little five to eight minute kind of a recap of what did I learn you know, during this course? And where am I as a person right now as a result of that? We're gonna read their papers. We already know, or we will read their papers and hear for ourselves what's happening in their lives. But we do that because it's important in a learning community, which is like this, in a community of faith, it's important for us to hear each other, to know where we are. And because we're learning and growing, not only from what we hear and know in our heads, but, and, but how living it out, being living witnesses, makes it real in our lives and can really, oh, I don't know, it just can help each other and inspire each other. And you know, in a world that's permeated with fear and division, it is even more important for us to remember together who Christ really is, who we really are, what God has done, is doing, and will continue to do in and for us, and then to become those living witnesses to all of these graces, all of these gifts, the ones we've looked at over the last three months and more, all of this from God. Why? So others can experience them in their own lives, be invited and inspired to make a choice themselves. Think about it. We get to be God's healing to a world that's sick in so many ways. We get to embody some of the truth, not all of it, none of us has all the truth, but we get to embody some of the truth that God is giving to a confused world. We get to become the inspiring, inviting reality of new eternal life in a hopeless, deathless world by bringing the reality of heaven into our earthly lives to be seen by all now. Make sense? Yes. One thing I just want to throw in here because the anniversary, second anniversary of my mother's death is coming in a few weeks. And, you know, I've been reflecting on that. And I found a podcast now a while ago. And every so often I listen to, you know, different pods in the podcast, I guess. And I've been listening a little more uh, recently. It is in, kind of in her memory. Um, it's a podcast of near-death experiences, people just talking about how they died for a period of time. They were you know, physically, clinically dead, no brain patterns, no brain, and had an experience of being alive on the other side after death. And then, of course, they come back. That's how we know the stories, because they come out of their comas or whatever, and they tell the stories. One in particular last week just really spoke to me. And I just want to share it with you, because I think it fits here. Um, there was a man, he, he, I think it was an accident, he, a car accident. He ended up in a coma for a month. And as his family, had no brain activity, nothing. He was being sustained by machines. His family was trying to determine what to do. At that same time, he was having an experience of, on the other side. He had a life review, he met God, all of that. And then he's just there, walking around, seeing people, interacting. And, and he said, it was hilarious, because he said, I just never really thought about angels. How many angels are going to be there? And you're just interacting with them, just like all the other people. And he said that after a while, he got a little 
confused and frustrated by the angels. Because when he would be talking with an angel, they were very respectful and very polite. But at the end of every conversation, they would kind of just do a little bow and walk away. And he was like, wait a minute, shouldn't this be the other way around? So the next time he talked to an angel, he decided he's just going to say something. They get to the end, the angel does this, and he says, wait a minute, shouldn't I be bowing to you? Why are you bowing to me? It was the answer. The angel, he said, the angel smiled and looked at him and said, you just don't understand. When we look at you, when one of us looks at one of you, we see the light of our master. I'm not bowing to you. Oh my God. Just think what might happen if as living witnesses to the living Christ, we let the image of God, the light of Christ, shine through us like that. If our faces, if what's true of us, shone through our faces and our actions, if we would truly shine like the sun, S-O-N. What could happen if we would then turn around and see the light of our master's image in every other human being that we meet, whether we like them, agree with them, look like them, or anything else? Honestly, that, I heard that and it brought all of this together that we've been talking about the last three months. What is possible if we actually live like this? Okay, I'm excited. (laughs) It's good to be back. (laughs) We're not done entirely with that theme of witnessing. We're not going to have as much time for them to talk. Okay. That's okay. We were a bit on purpose. (laughs) Next week, we're going to start a series on how to have meaningful, grace-filled conversations with people about the things that we witness to. But today, we're going to stop and catch our breath a minute and uh, reflect on what we've learned, how we've grown, and yes, what we've witnessed in our own lives over the past three months. So we purposely took half of the time to do a review, to tie the pieces together. We thought it was necessary to do that. But the, the, the rest of our time here is going to be Q&A. It's not really cafe this time, if you noticed. Um, yeah, yes. but it's Q&A on cafe, but um, <laughs> <laughs> on being living witnesses. So we're going to invite you to do three things in the next 20 minutes or so. We invite your questions, of course, like we always do. That's Mm -hmm. the cue in this. um, On what we said in those messages or, you know, understanding you may not remember the content of them specifically. I doubt that it, you know, you're sitting there. Well, back in May 23rd, you said this. (laughs) We invite your questions. We also, however, invite your testimonies. Can I get a witness? Yeah. (laughs) how you've been living out your own faith, or how you've been sharing your faith in front of others. What has it been like for you? How are you doing that? Whether you're conscious of it or, or just been intuitive and kind of natural for you, I'd love to hear some stories about that. Yeah. And then the third one is we invite your insights, your own wisdom, your new thoughts, revelations, uh, light bulb moments you've had about your, like, like Joanne told yeah. the story of somebody else here, uh, about being living witnesses. Something that would be helpful for others to hear. Kind of like what she was saying, what we do at the end of class. I tell my students quite a bit, you do all this work to write a final paper, and then usually I or you know one or the other of us, we're the only ones that ever get to read it. 
Yeah. So we got to find ways to let other people know. So you and God have these wonderful conversations, but somebody else may benefit from that. And we'd love to hear your insights. Mm -hmm. So how do you do this? If you're online, you can use the chat function in YouTube. Just go down below the, the yeah. video screen, minimize the screen, you'll find the chat function. We'll be monitoring that. If you're in the building, most of you know the drill. Raise your hand, and Jeff will do his ballet leaps bound <laughs> over to, uh, to give you a sanitized mic and make sure that things are yes. uh, up. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And I will put my hearing aids in so I can hear. <laughs> so, we didn't give you a whole lot of warning on that, but yeah. here we go. Yeah. Your turn. Kathy Miller. Um, I had an amazing experience last night that um, oh. I, I went to bed with on my mind a little booklet that uh, my sister gave me. That anyway, it's in old-fashioned English, but I was just completely aware, like maybe I haven't been before, that the Holy Spirit lives in me. <laughs> and, I, and like how easy yes. it is to, to, how easy, and this, in my, I've been experiencing this in the last not several weeks, how easy it is, not, not hard. You know, coming to me, my burden is light. And, um, so I was just remembering also our uh, Christian discernment class that we started before the um, lockdown and, and, and aware that inside of me, that needle point where when you need to make a decision, that now I really, and we are facing some decisions, they're not you know, earth-shaking, but they're important for us, and I really don't, I don't care. I can tell that my, in that deep way, I, I, I could choose, but I, I really just want to be wherever the, whatever the Father is doing, whatever the Lord's doing, wherever, and so, and, and not worrying about it, because <laughs> I, I will know, I'm, and I know how to know. Never ever having in, in all my Christian years been taught that I could really trust that yeah. with care, but that I can I can be confident in that. So I go to sleep just, you know, wow, this is so great, Lord. And I wake up in the morning with have this horrible dream, which I Mark's problem may well be the only person who ever knows the content of it, because it was just he happened to be awake. I thought he was. I thought he was in bed next to me, and I'm gonna get up and go someplace because I'm so awake and I've got to be with floor. And here he is in the living room. Anyway, <laughs> so but but the, the but the but the dream, it 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 it's a very horrible kind of stuff. But the the fact that well, I said you know I said somewhere in Joel that. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, the old men, and I'm sure the old women, 
are gonna dream dreams. <laughs> this is a dream that gives me deep understanding that I need right now. And wow. and then and I was just but then I go back to sleep, wake up this morning, standing in the kitchen. And if you came from my background, the way I was raised, the fact that I didn't feel any of that anymore, I just felt so ordinary. Just like it would have been in the past. Like, oh, that probably was just, who knows that. I'm just me getting excited. It's nothing. But now, I don't know. The life of Jesus in me is going to feel ordinary. It's not going to be all spectacular most of the time. And I can just, that's great. I'll just live today and tomorrow. And, and, I, and it's not when the Holy Spirit shows up, because <laughs> <laughs> that's long. But it's so exciting. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yes, our feelings change. Um, what did I do? Am I on? Our feelings change. But that our feelings don't change the change the changeless one, right? He doesn't change. Oh my gosh, so much there. Uh, I don't know if someone else has their hand up, but I'll. I want to just pick up on that uh, spiritual freedom, the interior freedom, which we've talked about for years here. This is another thing <laughs> talked about for years. What does that mean? Does she not care? Just, oh, well, it doesn't matter about making choices. No, we take our choices seriously. What Kathy is talking about is this reality that for 500 years at least, the Christian church has understood, or people in the Christian church have understood. We have a will. We have desires in our humanness. We have preferences for the way we think we want things to turn out. We have those preferences. And we become so attached to those, we cling on to what we think the outcome should be in any given instance, so much that we don't see anything else except that. And what I hear you saying is, you are now, I don't know what the word is, affirmed deep in your deeply knowing, something shifted in you, that you know you can have your preference. That's fine with God. And that opens you up to be able to listen to what is it that God wants. And there isn't a fight in it. We don't have to fight to make ourselves want all that. No, we can be where we are feeling what we're feeling, have our preference, loosen the grip, see where is God, and make a choice to follow God no matter what it feels like. That is huge, and I know for you. It's megalithic. Huge. Thank you for sharing that. That's so wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a moment like I had with that brother. Since I don't see anybody else flagging Jeff down right away, please do. I know you're pondering yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. I want to follow up real quick on the, uh, the, the dreaming dreams. Yeah. Prophet Joel said, in the times of Christ, young men, young men and women will have visions, old, old people will dream dreams. You, you quoted that. Peter quoted that on the day of Pentecost. And say, this is the time. So let us not be afraid of our visions and our dreams. We have to practice humility and discernment when they happen in right. order to say, what does this mean? We know how to, need to know how to interpret them. Yeah, yeah. but um, uh, the Spirit of God is active among us and active in you. And don't be, that, that may sound scary to some of us. It may sound a little, what, what's your word? Woo woo. Woo woo. But, uh, <laughs> yes. but uh, it's there, it's biblical. So um, um, pay attention to those things. Yeah. About the rest of you, it doesn't have. Yeah, 
Hey, Donna. It's nice to see faces looking out. It's what? It's just nice to see some faces. Oh, Even just, though we make our own not choices. Not just masks and hair. It's nice to we see We make our choices. <laughs> um, the word COVID keeps coming to mind. And th- it's not all for naught. There's been a lot of tragedy and a lot of loss. Um, but through it all, I think some of us have a realization that it was a good time to be very introspective, to, ve- to, to work on ourselves, to, mm. to look deeper. And I, like Kathy, had a realization that, um, and I said it out loud to my family, and I think they took it wrong when I said, I don't care what happens. I really don't care. On my wall, I have the word trust. Yes. And um, all of a sudden, I looked at it the other day, and it, it took on more, more meaning to me that I do trust. And it's given me the freedom yeah. to rest, not to feel guilty, and to know that I'm enough. Yes. For years, I've wondered, am I enough? Can I do enough? Can I say enough? Can I? Shut up enough. (laughs) I have that kind of tongue. (laughs) That I find. No, we hadn't noticed. No. (laughs) And uh, there are days when I go home and I have lots of gnashing of teeth, but all of a sudden I felt like that freedom to be who I am and not to apologize because he's never going to leave me anymore. I don't have to worry about that. And I, too, had a dream or two in the last month that I can't explain because I don't have dreams like that. Uh, And it was both horrific and kind of exciting, but um, I didn't know how to take it. And I just um, am sitting on it because um, it's okay. It's okay. I know that there are feelings that are coming from deep within us that are coming out past hurts, past um, wounds that I always thought were, I called them my scars and found out they weren't scars, they were, they were living wounds yes. and, um, and they had to be dealt with. And yes. um, we've, had, we've been given that time to slow our lives down and that was the freedom that I had to say, I'm not doing anything today. Mm-hmm. Just not going to do anything today. Me and God are going to hang out. Yeah. Wow. Another. That's. This is awesome. remarkable. Reframing. Yeah. Tony. Before I say something, do you want to go first? Uh, I only had a really quick one about the wounds. Yeah. My own experience is that some of those wounds develop scabs, and I can ignore them for a while. But something along in life comes along, and I find I. I rub them open again. They've not necessarily been open the whole time, but I'll rub them open again. And then I look down and say, how's that bleeding? I thought I, I thought that was done with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the spirit is gentle us, into us in such moments and says, okay, let's, let's bring some more healing to that. Yeah. 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 I was only thinking, uh, as you were talking of, <clears throat> there was a, it's a Catholic, he's dead now, but a Catholic priest paleontologist, right, named... Pierre uh, Tehard de Chardin. Right, Pierre Tehard de Chardin. And like he was part of 
finding which one, Peking. Peking Man, Man. 1929. I, you know, he, so anyway, all to say, he was also a poet, and he wrote a beautiful poem, and the one line of the poem just kept going through my mind as you were talking, trust in the slow work of God. Trust in the slow work of God. It takes time for all of the things to line up that need to line up in order for God to do what God always wants to do. It, there's that cooperation somehow in human beings making choices that we can't begin to understand here on this side. But I hear the ease. It's like, Kathy, the settling into the peace that passes understanding, that goes beyond what our minds know. To have the ability to rest, Tony was talking earlier, last week, to rest even in circumstances that would normally so stir us up that we couldn't rest, right? Yes. So it's the both and. It's both the deep peace and being uncertain, not knowing. And it's okay. And it's okay because God is God. The Holy Spirit does dwell within us. The Holy Spirit is working all things together for God. After, and it becomes real. After a while, our words break down to describe there's certain levels of living in the Spirit. And you hear us struggling with this. I complimented somebody this week for simultaneously having a holy restlessness mm-hmm. that is a healthy discontent with the things that they yeah. are as they are, and a desire to, to be better, to do better, but also a holy restfulness. Yes. Because this person lives to what I was talking about last week. Simultaneously, restlessness and restfulness, and both of them are holy, and I see both in that person. And rather than that meaning that they're schizophrenic, what I see is actually maturity. Yeah. That those, holding those things together. But the words kind of break down after a while. It's, unless you've been there or you can get close enough that you can, you can glimpse it, 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 may, it may not make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How are we doing? Um, this will just take a couple minutes, but I was looking at listening well, suffering well, praying well. And um, mm-hmm. I just finished the writing class with Jane, but one of the first things I wrote about my time in the pandemic and the isolation was in the silence of the isolation, I found my voice. Yeah. And it was just absolutely amazing to me. Um, A couple of my directees that come monthly for direction, and of course my daughter, are healthcare workers. Um, One was a chaplain, and then Jennifer's a respiratory therapist. The other one is um, a pastor. And each month they would come to me and just sort of pour out. Um, Pour out their pain pour out the hopelessness, pour out how people are suffering. Jennifer would do that at least four times a week. And I learned that being silent and just being in presence was enough for them. They just needed a place to talk. Mm -hmm. So then what I, in the second or third writing class, what came out was the scripture come to me all you are who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. 
And God said, you're like a conduit. You let them yeah. burden, unload their burdens, and then you lift them to me. Yeah. And it was such, um, I'm having a hard time getting back to life as normal as before. I really found the slowness and the isolation and that time to be very peaceful and reflective for me. Yeah. And, you know, everybody says, oh, you're an extrovert. Well, I think my extrovert found its introvert because I really, really um, have come to love that solitude. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and again, I'm hearing reframing. Reframing what was a scary, uncertain time um, of uncertainty that just trips all of our control buttons and uh, what was happening politically, just all of it. The reframing that God does to say, yes, it's hard when you're in it, but this opportunity then just to reflect and say, wait a minute, but where's God in this with me? Because God's in this with me, whether I feel like it or not, whether this isolation is working on me or not, God's here. And to be able to look back and reframe not only the pandemic, but the hard, all of the hard times of our lives, where we say, where you could not possibly have been in that with us, God. To be able to look back and say, God, show me where you were. And then when you're able to see God was with me, show me how this is grace. It's hard grace. But show me how this is grace so that, you know when we do that enough? You know what ends up happening? It's the story that Jane's always wanting people to write about their experiences because what that does is it reframes our story, our, the narrative. It opens it, it widens it, it broadens it so that at some point, hopefully in our lives, but definitely on the other side when we stand there, we will look back and say, our entire life was graced history. Not everything, every moment, God was there, and God was using even that. It's graced history. It's beautiful. If we can hold that for ourselves and recognize this is part of, I believe, this is part of the invitation of what's happening in our nation and our world right now. To be able to look back at our history together as a church's history and be able to say, wow, there's some really dark, hard, scary, awful times when people were making choices that definitely didn't have anything to do with God. Or when I was making choices didn't have anything to do with God. But God was still there. How can we together look back on our histories and allow God to reframe them to show us, no, that was wrong, that was hard, that wasn't me, but what can we learn and how is grace present so that we can reframe the story now so we don't have to keep repeating it over and over. Does that make sense? Two quick thoughts on that. Yeah. One is many Christians understand grace is the means by which we are saved. Our sins are forgiven, and it is. 
But it doesn't stop there. And that's part of the good news of the gospel that many people don't understand. Joanne Hiss's way of phrasing it is grace all the way to the cross, but then it's grace mm. all right. the way home from right. the cross. It's all grace. Well, I was thinking even about Christmas, something you said earlier. And I was thinking, wow, you know, we, we think God, Christ, Jesus came. to He was born to die. Actually, no. And we might talk about this at Christmas. He was born to be raised from the dead. That's what he was born for. And to invite us to into live. that. He was born to live. Yes. Yeah, born to live. Yeah. But the last, I guess we'll have to finish up here, then we didn't get too much in here. But the other thing I was appreciating, Julie reframed living witnesses for us. Because one of the things that this time of ref- of the, sol- the solitude or the time of contemplation, it develops within us a greater capacity to hold things, which gives us the ability to be with people. So we did talk about listening well. You know, when you listen well, that doesn't mean you have to fix somebody. It doesn't mean you have to fix a problem. It simply means you can hold that. You have greater capacity because of the grace of God to hold that with them and for them and then offer it up to God, and it doesn't have to be a burden on your shoulders either. But that's what we are witnessing. Yes. To be with somebody and say, I hear you, I care about you, I receive this, I'm going to hold it with you. And that, that's, that's a way of showing love. That's a way of reframing witnessing. But we're not trying to fix anybody. But the Holy Spirit is present, and the Holy Spirit does have this habit of fixing us, doesn't he? He <laughs> makes that transformation. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to close the service today. Thank you all for sharing. There's probably lots more, but some really potential for some really deep conversations. We used to together. have two services. Of course, we took half the time, so it's I know, fault. I know. We had to like, bring it all back together. Anyway, but we're going to close with a prayer that expresses, uh, you know, both, I think, our ongoing desire to be more and more and more the living witnesses of Christ that we can be, um, but also how the, the uncertainty of you know, how we know some things we can choose to do, but there's other things we don't know. But underneath it all is just the trust, is the trust that no matter where we are, what we're feeling tied together, the conversation today, God is in the midst of it guiding and leading us. Um, So, and I loved in worship, there were so many images of light, and I was laughing going, and Sean listens to the Holy Spirit again, because that's how we're closing the service as well. Um, with a prayer, and we'd, uh, we'd invite you to pray out loud if you want to, and if not, that's okay too. You can pray in your heart or not pray at all. Um, but let's pray so um, we can test- testify to each other and to God of our deep desire to be living witnesses. All right, are we set up? Yes, okay, let's pray. Lord, Lord, let let us be living witnesses of your glory. May the light of your presence shine on us, scattering the darkness around. May the light of your love shine in us, dispelling the darkness within. May we shine like the sun in your kingdom, God. Becoming the warmth of your presence, the brightness of your love, the radiance of your joy, the shining of your hope. May the light of your life shine through us, drawing all we need to you. Your light to guide, your light to follow, your light our life, until all shadows flee away. 
and the night shines as the day. Lord, let us be living witnesses of your glory. In Jesus' name, may it be so. And it is. Amen. Thank you for being you. Thank you. It's good to be back. <laughs>